Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Air Power Hour. I'm the host, Tech and Check, and this week I had the amazing opportunity to sit down with a very special guest. As an Air Force Academy graduate, Sam Eckholm received an opportunity of a lifetime to be the public affairs representative for the F-22 demo team. This opportunity opened the door for Sam to become one of the leading content creators for not only the Air Force, for all aerospace and defense. Sam's YouTube channel has amassed more than 33 million views due to his magnificent way of showcasing the world's greatest air power. In our conversation, Sam explains how he used other content creators to mold and create a niche for his videos that are now the best in the business. He also stressed that quality of content was one of the most important pieces to his success, which drove him to separate from the Air Force and start creating content full time. After our conversation, I actually talked to my dad and told him to go check out his videos. Three hours later, he texted me back and said, your mom and I just watched six of his videos back to back. They are unbelievably good. After listening to this podcast, you'll understand why Sam is as successful as he is. He's genuinely a great human being, and it was an absolute pleasure to talk with him. So, without further ado, the great Sam Eckholm. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. Welcome to the Air Power Hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Air Power Hour. Tech Sergeant Check here, and today I have the wonderful opportunity of being joined by Sam Eckholm. <laughs> Sam Eckholm, the former Air Force Academy graduate and PA officer in the United States Air Force, and you may recognize the name because he is extremely um, fruitful in the uh, social media world. So, Sam, welcome to the show. It's great to be here on the Air Power Hour. I'm excited. We were chatting. I love the logo. I love the name. Uh, this is fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you could come out to Southeast Wisconsin and sit down here and, and we could have a conversation face to face. In person is always better. Yeah. I was like, let's do it for sure. So yeah. this is fun. I'm excited. I mean, man, this is going to be a good one. And you're already great at this too. So no, I appreciate The, the mics that. are good. The quality's good. Let's, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Thank you. So we have you here, Sam, and really what I want to do during this podcast is just kind of kind of get the, the the story, your Air Force story, and then your story beyond the Air Force as well, now that you're no longer an active duty member of the Air Force. Yeah. So Sam, can you tell me where it all began? What made you decide to join the Air Force? Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit uh, before because you know I've, I've been to Wisconsin, right? And my, my dad actually is from Wisconsin. I used to live up by the river there. He was flying for Midwest Express Airlines. So yeah. uh, he, he was an Air Force pilot himself. He flew KC-135s, got out to do the airline thing. Um, and he went to the Air Force Academy as well. So I remember growing up and just kind of hearing different stories he'd tell. And they were wild stories. Like the Air Force Academy is a school where like, you know, you're jumping out of airplanes after classes, you're flying gliders, you're spending your summers going through survival training, doing the craziest things. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. For a while, I didn't think I wanted to do it. I was like, no, I want a normal college life. If yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm, maybe I'll do ROTC or something. Um, 
but then, you know, I just wanted a challenge. I wanted to do something different than all of my friends. Um, so we were in Dallas, Texas at the time, which is very competitive for people going to the academy. I didn't know if it'd work out, but I worked very, very hard. Um, ended up getting accepted into the Air Force Academy, kind of following in my dad's footsteps. He was super nice. proud. It was a great time and and shipped off for basic cadet training, which is like three weeks after you graduate high school. So I remember I like graduated high school. All my friends are having like the coolest summer of their lives. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we're, we graduated high school. We're going to college. And then I was like packing my one bag and getting on an airplane and reporting into uh, to the Air Force Academy. And um, it was a crazy four years. I mean, my gosh, uh, things had changed a lot since my dad was there. Um, yeah. I was like, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would wake up some days. I'm like, what did I sign up for? But uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was an amazing experience. And that definitely did set the set the foundation and the groundwork for everything that, that happened after. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, people for people that are unfamiliar of the Air Force, you said you went to basic cadet training. Yes. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so it's common misconception, right? You know, I get people who ask, hey, you know, what is the difference between the academy and enlisting? You know, I, and even ROTC, you know, everyone does some sort of basic training, whether it's field training for ROTC, you know, BMT yeah. for enlisted down at Lackland, and then the Air Force Academy has basic cadet training. So very similar structure, right? It's a six-week program at the Air Force Academy. It's the summer before you join. So every single, most of them, these are like 18 year old kids, right? Just out of high school. They ship out to the academy and you spend, uh, you know, doing a fun summer camp. The difference (laughs) is it's actually not run by MTIs. It's run by upper class cadets or cadres. So these are junior and senior cadets. We actually, within the last couple of years, the academy's brought on some MTIs um, from Lackland who kind of help supervise it just to make sure it's not, uh, you know, just a crazy, you know, whatever, fill in the blank for what you imagine that might look like. Um, But you spend the first three weeks uh, up on the hill. So that's the academy campus. So you're learning how to salute. You're learning how to march. You're learning how to do military uh, customs and courtesies. And then you spend the next three weeks down in Jack's Valley, which is our field training. So you're like mm-hmm. in tents, you're, you're, you know, doing the obstacle courses, yeah. you're getting gassed, you're shooting, doing CADM, stuff like that. And really once those six weeks are over, whole goal is you you took the civilian, you transformed them into to, to cadets. But then the difference from there is you now spend the next four years, both getting your college degree, taking classes and learning how to become a military officer. So, you know, ROTC does it kind of the same way, but you're really only wearing your uniform one or two days to classes yeah. and spread out. The academy is, you know, every single day as well. And then, you know, once you graduate, you're a second lieutenant now in the Air Force or the Space Force. So it's, yeah. it's a cool program, completely covered, obviously, you know, you don't you don't know anything except the time commitment back. And, uh, just, I don't, I don't know. Have you ever had the chance to go out to Colorado Springs Academy? I have not had the yeah. chance, but I mean, I've seen pictures of the campus and it's absolutely it's beautiful. beautiful out there. Exactly. I tell people like, I think it, it's the prettiest space, you know, that they host the Corona and the four star generals there. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an amazing place. And, um, that, that definitely drew it to me. I was like, man, to just wake up and go to school here and, uh, you know, get to be an officer after. So it's yeah. Cool. yeah. Now I understand that the air force Academy is, is pretty tough to get into. I mean, you've got to be uh, a pretty good student and and like almost uh, above that. So (laughs) what exactly does it take to get into the Air Force Academy? Yeah, they they make the joke. They're like, it's the best and brightest, right? You know, (laughs) it depends on how you look at that, right? Maybe the best and brightest decided to to go to ROTC or enlist and not have to go through four (laughs) years. But no, it's... um, you're right. It's tough. They're looking for the most well-rounded individual, right? You know, what they throw at you at the academy is crazy. It's four years of very intense, rigorous, you know, academics. But th- at the same time, then you're also balancing a military curriculum. Yeah. You know, you're having 
marching inspections, standards, knowledge tests, you know, freshman rules, for example, that what the freshmen or four degrees, as they call them, can do. You can't wear civilian clothes. You can't have a car. You can't even wear a backpack. You got to carry Dang. in one hand, stuff like that. It's just kind of building the institutional pride and, you know, attention to detail and discipline. Um, so what they want to see in a high school kid is they want or a high school student is they want to see someone who has proven that they can have good academics. So they're looking mm-hmm. for high grades, AP classes, standardized test scores, right? If you show that you can have that, then they're like, okay, then you can probably do a good job of this at the academy. They're looking for for athletics, for extracurriculars, but it's more importantly, they're looking for leadership. So yeah. Are you on a varsity sport? Okay, cool. Are you the team captain? All right. Are mm-hmm. you student president? Are you? How did you spend your summers? Were you volunteering community service? They, it, it, it's really the most well-rounded package possible. But what I always like to say, because you know, I get people who message me about the academy, and they're like, "Hey, my grades aren't the best." You know. Well, the cool thing about the academy is they have several options to kind of like transition students there. So you've mm-hmm. probably heard of the prep school. A yeah. lot of prior enlisted people, you know, through the lead program will, will go to the prep school for a year, which is an amazing program. They also have Falcon Foundation, which is about six or seven, I think, different military schools across the country where you'll go there for a year, kind of work on your grades because they don't want to bring you to the academy and then you kind of flunk out the first year because sure. it's just so difficult. So that really helps the prior enlisted people because they've maybe been two, three years removed from the academic environment or high school and helps transition them. But yeah, the prior enlisted cadets are, are some of the best we have. I remember my roommate at the academy was a was a three-year prior enlisted intelligence wow. uh, airman. And um, it was the first day and I was getting screamed at by my cadre because I had no idea how to make a bed or stand <laughs> at attention. And he was walking me through everything and he was so good. And I'll never forget that. That's I mean, great. He just kind of took me under his wing and helped you know get me through. Yeah, for sure. So you, you just mentioned all these things, that you, the the full package, right? Of, of At what point in your high school life did when you decided that you were going to do this, at, when did you start preparing yeah. for academy? Because I know we we go and talk to some of these seniors and they're like, I'd really like to, to do the Air Force Academy. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we have to tell these guys that it's, or girls, it you might be, a, might be late. late. Yeah. Um, you know, at least for this year. Yeah. So when did you start that process? So ideally the best cadet candidate applicant, you, you'd start way long. You'd be, you know, you're preparing freshman year at high school because yeah. you got to get those grades and, and what I said. But realistically, the the timeline is uh, it's kind of twofold. You have to get a congressional nomination to apply, which is very mm-hmm. intricate and confusing. And I won't get into that here, but essentially your congressman um, has to like recommend you, right? So you have to apply to them for a nomination and then you also have to apply to the academy application. So the deadlines kind of intertwine, but realistically the academy application opens towards the end of your junior year in high school. So you fill out a pre-candidate questionnaire okay. form, you give some basic information and then really over the summer, especially first semester senior year, that's when you're completing everything, getting all the forms in the medical evaluation, same thing, you know, you guys deal with the yeah. recruiting on the enlisted side. But if they are a senior, first semester senior, it's not too late. They'll have to get on it. But really, you want to be a junior in high school, knowing the process and ready to apply your second semester junior year. Everything pretty much has to be finalized by like Christmas, winter break yeah. of your senior year. Because yeah. um, then it's like, it's just so hard with all the different mm-hmm. medical and congressional nominations and fitness tests you have to do. But yeah. yeah, you can always reapply. You know, you have to be under age 23. So that's how a lot of prior enlisted cadets do it. And um, I always think the application rate probably goes up after if you don't get in the first time because it shows the academy you're so dedicated. And hey, yeah, maybe, you for can, sure. maybe you enroll in community college or local school and get good grades and 
continue to work on your leadership. So if it's your dream to go to the academy or ROTC or anything, you know, enlist, uh, hey, keep keep going after it because yeah. uh, a lot of people have had luck kind of the second time around. For sure. So you do four years at the Air Force Academy. And when in the process do you find out what you're going to be doing in the active duty Air Force? Yeah. So right now you find out towards the end of your junior year. So your third year there used to be kind of towards the beginning of freshman year. And it's a big event. You know, you get your job drops each uh, squadron, which is kind of how they divide cadets up at the academy. You know, you'll do some fun drop night events or get pied in the face or have to do an <laughs> obstacle course to get your little AFSE code. It's, it's really fun time. But um, yeah, so a lot of cadets go to the academy because they want to be pilots, right? So sure. if you want to be an Air Force pilot, it is by numbers the best place to go for because there's the most amount of slots. Of course, you can do it through other routes, of course, but a lot of cadets, I think it's around 60% of graduating cadets become pilots. Wow. If, if they were all medically qualified, that number would go up. It's just yeah. some aren't, you know, PQ'd, pilot qualified. So um, a lot of the pilots, you know, will, will get their jobs and, and they'll go ship off for uh, UPT. And then now you can obviously choose if you want to go to the Space Force or the Air Force. So you make that decision. And then depending on what major you studied, if you're an engineer, um, you know, there's select career fields you can go into. A lot of cadets go to grad school. You know, there's like 100 slots a year, which is nice. really cool. They'll get shipped off to do their major. Um, you're sorry, get there master's degree in a different career field. Um, but yeah, it's fun. You, you know, I went into the academy really only thinking pilot was it. And then I learned there's hundreds of career fields literally yeah. that I like to do and explore. And so that's kind of how I wound up on PA, um, public affairs, because I really wanted a career that... Um, that allowed me to kind of get up and see different aspects of the Air Force and be involved. You know, I loved airplanes, I loved aviation, but I yep. wasn't fully sure I wanted to be a pilot, you know, for the time commitment for a bunch of other re reasons. Um, and public affairs was a career field that I was like, oh, this is cool. I can kind of get up. I can be on the flight line. I can take photos and videos. I can work with a team of airmen who, who are, you know, creative and motivated. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up on that career field and was very lucky to get it. And that kind of just started the rest of my career, which uh, you know, I'm sure we can get into. Yeah, for sure. So your PA, uh, where do you go? Where's your first uh, duty location? So I was given uh, assigned Langley Air Force Base or Joint okay. Base Langley Eustis in um, Hampton, Virginia, there close to Norfolk and Virginia Beach. And I was actually one of the only cadets from my graduating class. So we graduate just over a thousand. One of the only ones who got Langley because um, it's kind of a smaller uh, base in terms of it's not like a powerhouse of analysts or pilot training or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of cadets are going elsewhere. Um, and that was kind of cool for me because I kind of got a fresh start from the Air Force experience. It was like, you know, a lot of people who graduate from the academy are going to pilot training together, hanging out. For me, I was kind of on my own. I was like, all right, Sam, drive your Jeep yeah. and go across the country to, to Virginia. And I had an amazing time there. I knew nothing about Langley. I, you know, I was just kind of like the, the butter bar with the eyes wide open, trying not to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember while I was there it was one of our first weeks and we were doing unit PT with my public affairs shop and we were running around the, the base trail, which is beautiful. Langley goes right by the water around, you know, the air combat command campus is gorgeous. Yeah. And as we were running, um, and a jet takes off. So, Know, to cut to the cut to the end here, the F-22s are stationed at Langley, oh, it's one of the nice. biggest Raptor bases. And so in the morning, one jet was taken off, but it wasn't just doing a normal flight. It was like, you know, doing, you know, tackle pitches, burner, you know, loops, rolls, whatever. Dang. And I was like, what is going on here? Are we like under attack? Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it turned out that it was the F-22 demo team. So at Langley, they have one jet assigned to the demo team that travels to air shows all across the country to perform, you know, nice. to show, you know, show off the capabilities of this incredible aircraft. And so that team is stationed at Langley. 
and they were performing in the morning, just doing a practice. And so I got to see that as I'm running in the morning and I looked at my boss and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, Sam, that's the, that's the F-22 demo team. And actually they're, you know, we send one airman from our public affairs shop to support this demo team and do all the PA stuff, the photo, the video, the social yeah. media. And, and then she looks at me and she's like, and actually, you know, we don't, we don't have someone to fill that spot right now Ooh. because they travel like 300 days a year TDY. And so none of the airmen in my shop, they had families. They just didn't really, you know, want it at the time. It wasn't the best yeah. fit. And so I kind of looked at my boss and I'm like, well, I would love to do that. Like yeah. on the spot, I was like, that is what I want to do. So long story short, I was able to do that as an officer. I really didn't have much photography video skills at the time. I had a little bit, I did it in high school, but then like from that second, I made it my goal to, to master the craft, yeah. to kill it, to prove everyone wrong who may have maybe thought that an officer couldn't do this position. That's typically more on the airman side. And I had a blast. Yeah. Now, is that what began the the videos that you created and and kind of those inform, informational videos that have have seemingly um, taken off for you and yeah. created this Sam Eckholm? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I, I had always wanted. I mean, I enjoyed making content. Like I said, I, I you know in high school I was doing different stuff with it, but it, I wasn't ever serious about it. You know, I didn't yeah. know what my Air Force career would look like. You know, I didn't know. If I'd even have time to do it. And so when I got the demo team job, it allowed me to, to master the craft, right? Like I would For spend sure. every waking hour learning how to do photography, video work. Um, Cause again, on the officer side, we're, we're not technically trained on that. So yeah. I had to kind of learn it all on my own. Um, and because it's such a cool aircraft, I mean, it's the F-22 Raptor. Yeah. It's like the stealthiest, coolest, most secretive aircraft ever. But because we had all this access on the demo team, I was like, I feel like I owe it to the world to like do this job really well. Yeah. And the one thing I did know really well is I know social media well. Like I had spent so long consuming it and kind of analyzing in my head. Like I was ready to now go from the consumer to the creator. Yeah. And so I spent two years on the demo team, really just perfecting the, my style of social media, making all these videos for the team, uh, you know, hooking the viewers, building up our audience by hundreds of thousands of followers, making videos. It was so, so fun for me. And I, I loved it. And I, I, I essentially no life did I say, like I wouldn't sleep. I would, we'd be all over the world performing at air shows and I'd be in my hotel room working on the next recap yeah. video or highlight reel or something showing off this jet. And so when my time on the team ended, you know, after the two years, I was kind of in this spot where I was like, hey, you know, I've got these skills like this was so fun. Um, I don't want to stop here. Like I want to continue making different videos. And so the way I the way the whole video stuff kind of started is one of my buddies was a pilot at Langley. Um, he flew T-38. So they it's you know, it's a, a trainer jet. A lot of people in pilot training train on him. But at Langley, they use them to train against the F-22. So it'd be yeah. like the adversary aircraft, um, which is funny because it's like a 1960 yeah. T-38 <laughs> against an F-22. So the way I say the way they make it fair is they'll put like eight T-38s against one Raptor. Wow. And that's how they kind of make yeah. it fair. So um, anyway, I got a backseat ride with one of my friends. Um, you know, they do them occasionally for, you know, high performers or for people in the PA office who might want to be like an aerial photographer to sure. kind of just train them. And so I had the opportunity to do it and I just made a little video of it. You know, I kind of showed the whole experience and, you know, put my spin on it and, and posted it in, on YouTube and, you know, kind of overnight it like blew up. It did really well, like, I don't know, like million and a half views, which is wild to oh, wow. me. Um, and, you know, I kind of realized, I was like, hey, this is kind of the start of something here. Like, I think what made this content very unique was that it wasn't kind of branded as, 
you know, like Langley Air Force Base or the Air Force as a whole, it was kind of like Sam, right? Like yeah. Sam could relate to me as an individual. And that was my goal. That's what I had noticed from, from running this social media content is when I personalized it, when I, you know, got the camera in front of our pilot, our demo commander, and just had him talk to the students or, or interview different people or just made it feel like authentic. That did really well. Yep. And so that kind of is what propelled everything is I figured out a style that did well. And from then on, I was like, well, wow, there's so many different missions and aircraft and career fields to highlight. And, you know, it started with the Air Force, but I've had the opportunity to work with the Army, the Navy, you know, got a Coast Guard video coming out too. It's like, I now, I think of myself more of just like the host and the lens to showcase all these amazing airmen, all these amazing aircraft in a way that anyone can 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 enjoy. So my goal is not to appeal to someone who knows everything about the Air Force. My goal is to appeal to someone who knows nothing about the Air Force, but they might see a video pop across their homepage and be interested, and then I can keep them hooked the whole time to like let them know something they might not have even have known they would be interested in. That's kind of my yeah, goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have absolutely loved to have your videos uh, <laughs> you know, within my grasp when I was getting ready to join the Air Force. Yeah. Because they are extremely informative. Yeah. And you're right. They they are for individuals that are interested in, in getting more information on right. the Air Force. And it's such an amazing uh, recruiting tool yeah. from a recruiter standpoint. And that's kind of what, what I was trying to do with this podcast as well is because there are no two stories uh that are the same in the air force. Everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different background. And, uh, just to, to appeal to that perspective applicant to show that, you know, whatever you have been going through in your life or, or, you know, your goals that you want, you know, the air force could definitely be a place to, to do that. And, uh, you know, the air force had, uh, given you the opportunity to be on the demo team and, uh, what was your, when, when you saw this stuff start happening, when you saw the followers kind of growing and, and the views growing, um, what was your thought process in that? What were you thinking? Were you like, holy cow, like this could be something that I could do, you know, permanently. <laughs> I think my first thought was like, man, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I always joked about it. Like, you know, uh, the metric of, of something that's successful, right, is something that gets a lot of views, right? Yeah. Like if it gets a lot of views, you know it's successful. The only downside is if it gets a lot of views, then you've got a lot of eyeballs on you and what yeah. you're doing. So um, it was kind of one of those things that from the very beginning, I wanted to make sure every single piece of content I put out, every video, like no one could look at it and be like, oh, he's doing this wrong or he's making the Air Force look bad. And I think there's certain cases of that that exist when people kind of go rogue that it actually does maybe make the Air Force look not in the best light. So I set a couple, uh, I set a couple ground rules for myself is like, hey, like I'm going to make sure I've got got the approvals for this and that I've, I'm doing it well. Um, and so, I, you know, when stuff started taking off, it was, it was interesting. I was kind of like, man. I just want to be able to provide content to people that, like you said, that I wish I had when I was making the decision to join. Yeah. Like. I would spend time with my friends who were pilots or, or airmen who were maintenance. I was like, these people are just killing it and have the coolest jobs. And even if they're not the coolest job, they're just like so important and inspiring. And I, I just didn't feel like their, their story was fully being captured. Um, yeah. so that kind of was what I put on my back is I was like, I want to showcase what they're doing and I want to 
be able to show people that, hey, not only could you do this in the Air Force, but like also for the people that are doing it, I mean, they can show it to their family. Hey, this is what I do. Those are some of the best messages I get. It's the people who message me saying, Sam, I watched your video and then, you know, I went to my recruiter the next day and now we're talking about how I can join. Or it's the person that's like, Sam, you know, I was in your video and I showed it to my parents and they're so proud of me. Like there's a kid on one of my videos when I went out to Cannon Air Force Base on the CB-22 Osprey. And he was just a a young maintenance uh, airman. He was one of his like, I think he'd been there like a month. And, you know, he was in the video. Really all he did is he like pulled the fire bottle out from the front of the aircraft (laughs) and wheeled it around to the side as we're taking off. But I kept that scene in the video. And he left a comment how how his family was so excited to just see him in there and like serving his country. And I was like, that is so cool to me. Like, yeah, you were just a small part of it. But like, look, no, I mean, you're out there with the CV-22 Osprey. Like, that's wild. And uh, that 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 makes it all worth it for me. And that's kind of what's you know, motivated me to keep going and doing it, because it obviously takes a ton of time and resources. Yeah. And while I was in the Air Force, I was having to balance that and really do, you know, try to make it, uh, you know, not bring me down in any way, but it, it makes it all worth it. And it's it's fun. I really do enjoy it. So, yeah. And I mean, they are so excellent the videos my wife and i were watching the the one on the f-22 yeah last <laughs> night and because i was i was kind of like yeah on this is i get to interview <laughs> this guy it's awesome i'm excited i can't believe i have the opportunity to do to sit down with you because i've been watching your videos for so long now and the one thing that drew me in is how how well done they were and you can see that you take a lot of time um was that one of the one of the important biggest you know decisions to make or or um key factors in, in in doing this is that they had to be the best quality yes so like i said when i set those ground rules that was another one that i had i was like to do this right it needs to come across professional yes. but it's interesting because now social media it, you know it, it ebbs and flows and now you know with tiktok and other platforms the lesser professional co- content actually does better but that's kind of why i settled in on youtube as my primary yeah. one because with that platform generally speaking longer form videos you know you want to you want to have a little bit higher quality like you like we were talking about you got to have good audio you got to have good visuals exactly and what i really realized is someone who watches my video a 12 minute video on the f22 and chooses to subscribe or chooses to message or chooses to follow is way more valuable than someone who sees maybe like a 30 second video of mine and then chooses to follow after that because they really don't know who I am. They don't yeah. really know what I'm all about. Now, you know, we can get into that later because I do think there's a lot of valuable stuff for the short form content and reels and TikToks, especially for for recruiters. But mm-hmm. yes, I wanted to be a quality guy, quality over content or quality over quantity. Um, I just... It, I, I don't know. I loved putting together a full package. I've, you know, been a big fan of content for a long time, you know, watching TV shows and movies and cinematography and the style. And that was fun to me. I wanted it to be just good. And I think that is what helped stand me apart, especially three years ago when I started is that, you know, I was coming at this with, you know, professional DSLR cameras, uh, you know, good audio, uh, like good editing, right? Like Mm -hmm. really good storytelling. Um, and that's the hardest thing to replicate, you know, when there's other people kind of asking me how I do it is like, I think at, a, at the bottom and at the core level, I'm just a good storyteller and doing the story is really what makes it worth it. You know, yeah. you can have the coolest images or videos of jets taken off, but the hard part is how do you make a story? Like when Tinker Air Force Base invited me to do a video on the E3 century and to do a video on their maintenance facility. Yeah. 
I was kind of looking at myself, I was like, how am I going to do this to keep it engaging? But that's really where I, I, I sat down for a long time and I found out how to make it exciting and interesting. And the E3 Century video is one of my biggest high performing <laughs> videos of all time. You can go look at it. And then the, the maintenance one far exceeded my expectations. I think we're several hundred thousand views, which is crazy. So that's, that's the hardest part is like, how do I make it engaging, make it a story, make it um, something that anyone could click on, not just a select niche group of audience. You know, I want my videos to be watched by everyone. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with, with this growing success that you had, how, how supportive uh, was the air force uh, in your endeavors of, of taking this to where it's at? Yes. So um, just off the bat, I, like 99% of were, were incredibly supportive. The only yeah. people that I kind of had a couple issues with it, it was just because it's so new Um mm-hmm and I don't blame them. I don't hold any grudge against them. It's just, you know, some people don't understand and I get it, you know, the way the air force is structured, you know, if you're older or longer in the air force and a higher rank, you know, of course you, you've been removed. You're not the younger generation, yeah. the one on the ground day to day doing this stuff. And I get it. They're so busy running our air force and running the country on the, yep. the operational stuff up there. It's hard to understand. So it's, some things might get lost in translation uh, with what I was doing. And so, you know, I'd have to spend some time to kind of explain it to them. You know, they'd be like, oh, we got this lieutenant who's running around making YouTube videos. Like, what's he doing? It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Like, let's take a step back. Like, let me show <laughs> you how I do it. Let me tell you. And then, and then, uh, you know, really the coolest thing for me is I'd be like, hey, just, just watch this. Just yeah. let me just send you this link. Cause a lot of the times I hadn't watched it. I'm like, mm-hmm. just watch this and then let me know what you think. And they'd watch it and they'd be like, oh, Okay. 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 Yeah. That was uh, that was really cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it's funny. They'd be like, "Can, can you come to my base and do that?" And then I'd be like, <laughs> oh, "All right. Well, I'll, I'll add you to the list." Yeah. It's yeah. Funny. Right. So yeah, it was fun. I was lucky to have a lot of support from the beginning. Um, but the reason I did is because of like what we talked about is because I had the good quality and because I you know I wasn't making cringy content. I was making mm-hmm. like stuff that made the Air Force look good. And I knew that I knew that I would have a very short road with this if I was putting out. TikTok dances or something yeah. like that. So um, I wanted to make it my goal that really no one could argue with what I was doing because it was so well done. And, um, you know, I also spent a lot of time trying to teach other people too. like I would talk to my public affairs office. I'd try to, you know, engage with them and talk with them, too. But really, it came to the point where I was like, hey, you know, like it, it, it is valuable me doing this kind of separate. And, and, you know, I'd save up my leave to go on these videos and yeah. do these projects. Cause it's hard because I knew what made him successful is me doing them with my own style. You know, when you get someone coming in that's telling me what to say or, yep. or, or approving the videos and looking through all of them, which they do, but it's like, hey, this needs to stay true to my style because that's what, you know, p- the audience can see through that. If, if it yeah. looks like I'm reading a script of what, you know, Air Force PA or something sent me, it's just, it's not going to connect as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And the YouTube channel is not called the Air Force. Correct. It's Sam Eckholm. Yeah, that's the that name. was a big so. decision for me. Yeah, I, I remember like when I made that decision, um, and also made the decision to kind of like stop filming in uniform too, because um, when I first started, I was because I didn't know any better. It's yeah. just, it's just the little things you can do to help people connect and feel like they're talking to a real person. That's just been ex- incredibly powerful and special. And I'm not saying you have to do that. Like if you film in uniform, you're never going to have success. That's not true at all. What I'm saying is just for me and the style of content I was doing, that did make sense. Um, and yeah, so Sam was it. I, I just wanted people to relate to who I am just to see me as someone they could like maybe see themselves like and put themselves in my shoes and, um, you know, just kind of tried to relate to them. And that's, I think, what's made it probably successful is people can just, you know, it's Sam, it's whatever. He's he's just flying in a jet or he's talking yeah. to this person or he's doing this. And yeah, that's cool. Maybe I can do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Since this stuff has taken off and 
and now you're obviously you're you're no longer in the Air Force because you decided to pursue this full time. Have you gotten any inquiries about, you know, potentially doing something like this uh, in the TV realm <laughs> or anything like that? It's funny. Um, I have, which is it's interesting to me because I kind of have structured the YouTube stuff I do as kind of like a TV yeah, series, right? For like, sure. It's my own type of TV series. And so I, I did, I have gotten reached out by a, a couple people just exploring different opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I kind of tell them, I'm like, well, I asked them, I asked them like a, a question. I'm like, well, why, why should I, I do this? Because, you know, a TV is kind of a dying breed at this yeah. point. It's like the YouTube stuff's taken off now. You know, maybe if it's like a banger Netflix show, that's kind of different. And so <laughs> a lot of times I, I have to be, you know, kind of on edge because I want to make sure they're not just trying to piggyback off kind of the success I've had sure. and kind of stealing from what I'm doing. But, you know, I think there is a realm for that. I also think I could just, I'd be interested in doing something that's maybe completely unrelated to what I'm doing. Like I'd just like to host some whatever type of thing because I just yeah. love TV and cinema and I love just being in front of people and meeting different individuals. But um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll look back and I'll be doing something eventually, but I'm just having so much fun with what I'm doing now. And I also, now that I am kind of out, I really, I just want to put the, the pedal to the metal and fully yeah. see what I can achieve. And then, you know, we'll see what comes after that and what opportunities, but, um, it's a lot of work, man. It's like these videos just to give people a little background. I mean, so I now have a couple people to travel with me because I realize it's very hard when I'm trying to like be on camera and help an interview to then also yeah. be like directing and managing films. So I got, you know, two or three guys traveling with me to help film. Then That's I'm managing, awesome. you know, GoPros and camera angles. If I'm flying in an aircraft or doing something. And then we've, I mean, we've got like terabytes of footage after every project. And, you know, you might see a completed video. Like when I flew with the AC 130 down at yep. Cannon Air Force Base, it's like, well, that was like a three day video. We did the ground portion on one day, the flight portion on another day. Well, we got rained out one day, so I had to stay. And then the flight's like eight hours long and wow. we're all like managing all this footage and recharging cameras. And then we, then we leave and it's a crazy editing process. I mean, I spend so much time in the editing room. It usually takes me about but a month, if not longer, to get that all together and yeah. just packaging everything. I mean, it's a big, big project in a lot of time. So I try to keep my time, you know, close. I don't, I, if I take on another opportunity, like a TV show or something, then it's like, well, I won't have time to do the stuff that got yeah. me there, which is the YouTube. So yep. you got to be careful. I don't mm -hmm. know. So what do you think? Would you like to watch something like that? Or <laughs> I mean, I, I think that just yeah. hearing your, the way you do your videos, I can see you yeah. doing TV. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see you doing something. So if I see you on Netflix one day, it would I'm going to be, be cool. like, Sam, yeah. I, I'm going to reach out and say, Sam, I remember, remember, just remember where <laughs> you came on the air power hour. We talked um, about this. Yeah. I'll tell you what, here's the thing that interests me about the TV. It's like, cause right now I'm kind of, you know, producer, director, writer, yeah. everything myself, editor, um, when you do the TV stuff, like the idea of just kind of showing up and yes. being able to just do my thing and then I'm out and like you guys edit it and take care of that. Absolutely. That is really interesting to me. Yeah. So, you know, if that was the case, I might be like, well, hey, I can try that out. You know, I'll just do my thing and then leave it up to you to do all the other work. So we'll see. It'd have to be the stars would have to align. Yeah. And and starting just with this podcast, I mean, I pretty much I do most of you know, most of it. I, I sit down with the interview. I do have an unbelievable PA in Sergeant Hall. She helps me great. with the yeah. guests and, and getting everything lined up. And she's That's actually huge. the one who created the, uh, the logo. Oh, she didn't say so, that. Okay. Yeah, I was, so I was she, giving you credit. I should. We, yeah. yeah we, we kind of, I came up with the name and then I kind of had this idea of what I wanted the logo to look like. Yeah. And then she, 
used her artistic creativity to make that. Yeah. So awesome. shout out to her. Shout out. Um, but yeah, it is difficult because I, I do the interviews, I sit down and then when I'm done, I got to open the mm-hmm. computer and I got to do all the post-production. And like I said, I want it to be high quality because I want people to, to stay engaged and listen to it. Um, so I, I always think that how nice it would be to just be able to sit down with an interview, talk with a guest, have a great conversation and then and be like, all right, that's it. I know. And then the tough thing there though, is like the more you, you give it away or it's like, then it becomes less of yours. Yes. Right? And so I always worry about that. Like people ask me like, you know, cause I'm, I'm pretty much still doing the editing for all of my videos. I have wow. a couple of people have helping me out with certain things. Like maybe they'll re, re format some stuff for, for Instagram or yeah. TikTok or something. But I still do a majority of the editing and that's because it's like my baby. It's the storytelling and especially with what I'm doing, it's very complex. Like I I tried an editor out, but when you don't know about the Air Force or, or mission set or aircraft or how things work, like how are you going to take the, all these you know three plus terabytes of footage and put together a story? Yeah. Essentially, I had to kind of be over their shoulder doing it all with them. And, you know, at some point, probably they could have got it, but I just I'm so protective over it. I want it to be mine. So that's something I'm working on. That was yeah. maybe that can be a. <laughs> a goal of mine for the next year is like to teach someone my ways. And so hopefully they can help me out because that would allow me to do more and more content for right sure. now. The limiting factor is just my time. I only have the amount of time I have to like edit and do everything myself. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So. so a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you is how important, what, how important is scheduling your content release? Mm. Um, you know, the content creation is, is important, but mm-hmm. getting it out, because I know that a lot of our recruiters are trying to use social media. A lot of a lot of prospective applicants are are on social media, most of them. And like we said, the short form, the stuff, uh, getting getting those those shorter videos out or reels mm-hmm. out. How Im- important are those things uh, to having it become successful for them? Yeah, there's kind of like two categories of content, probably from a recruiting perspective and, and stuff I even used to do. The first category is for the kids you already have engaged, and that's mm-hmm. the content to like show them what it's like, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe you've got a kid interested and then you send them a video like, here's what the fitness test is like, or here's yeah. what BMT is going to look like, right? And so those are more aimed for the people to kind of educate them that are already interested. And then mm-hmm. you've got the content that's more the exploratory content that's like, I'm trying to get kids interested in this who don't even know the air force exists yeah. right that's the content you know you want to go viral and you want to really do creatively and so what i've kind of tried to do is make both of those the same mm-hmm. make a video that shows people what the air force is like but also can appeal to people that the air force that don't even know about the air force yeah. and so as far as scheduling content it, it, it's hard it depends on a number of things one social media is always changing they're prioritizing different stuff you know i get asked a lot like how important is it to stay up on the trends and the trendy sounds and the reels mm. and whatever? And, um, you know, people who can stay on top of that, that is valuable. I mean, you see people who have zero following go viral overnight. Yeah. And that's what's really cool, especially from the recruiter's perspectives, because I get it. Like, you guys shift in and out. You're not a recruiter for light. Like, you go on to your different job, then someone new takes it over. Like, how do you keep the continuity? Um, and I think really staying you know, doing some cool short form style content can reach a large audience. I've prioritized more of the longer form stuff for me just because what I want is to build like a community, like a long lasting something that doesn't change overnight. Like these people know who I am and know my stuff and are going to watch for years on end, even if they decide not to join the Air Force. Right. So it kind of depends. I, you know, I'd ask the recruiters, like, what are, what do you know about social media at this point? Like, what are your strengths? Like a lot of recruiters, you know, don't want to be on camera themselves. So then they Mm -hmm. struggle with that as well. 
But there are different things you can do. I think the biggest advice I have, and I've told this to a lot of people, is like to to do well on social media, you have to be a big consumer of social media. Like I know there's a stereotype and you probably don't want to be on your phone all the time and that's fine, but you got to be watching what's out there. Take notes. I have a notes app in my phone where anytime I see something good, like any sort of creator doing any sort of thing, I, I save it, I put it in a folder, I write down ideas. And then what I'll do is I'll try to recreate that for my own style. Yeah. That's really what helped me get off the ground. Like I, I, I mimicked a style of another creator, but in a completely different space. They were in sure. like travel vlogging or something. And then I brought it over to like Air Force, aerospace, military and defense, you know, like no yeah. one. I just took some inspiration. And so, you know, if you're a recruiter out there and you're wondering what you can do, well, you, you're not alone. First off, you know, Air Force, you've got Navy, you've got Army, you've got Coast Guard, you've got whatever. You've also got all these other industries out there who are also recruiting, are also trying to reach people. A lot of them have figured out the key to success. So look at what they're doing, mm -hmm. steal from it, but make it your own. Um, and that's a great place to start. And then just watch a lot of content and just just get get familiar with the style. And it, I promise you, can, you guys can do it. So. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I really appreciate that 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 whole conversation about the the social media yeah. and, and and just how how it took off. It's it's really cool. And I my wife always she always makes fun of me because I always say she always say that you're just trying to get famous, <laughs> um, you know, with the podcasting and everything like that. But uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Is just yeah. getting that just being like a vessel almost to sharing really good information. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not here to get famous on the air power hour, yeah. but I just love listening to stories. Right. Um, I love listening to different stories of airmen and guardians. And, and, and then I'm an, I, I talked about this a couple episodes with our first sergeant, but being an intellectual thief, mm -hmm. you know, the, I always ask for advice. Um, what kind of advice or mentorship that all of my guests have been getting and and using that, I, I take that from mm -hmm. from them and and put up my own spin on it, kind of mm -hmm. like you did. So, um, yeah, I I definitely appreciate you you having this conversation. Now, before we wrap things up, though, um, because this has been phenomenal, but there's a couple questions that I ask every guest that come on the the Air Power Hour, and the first question is, what type of advice or mentorship that that you've received that that has kind of stuck with you and that you've taken with you in your air force journey. And then now into the civilian sector. Yeah. Um, got a lot of different advice, but probably the biggest thing that's stuck with me is, Hey, it's like, it's a saturated market with, with everything, with podcasts, with YouTube videos, yeah. with, even if you're in the air force and you're looking to stand out amongst your peers, you know, it's very competitive. A lot of people are doing great work, but it's not that competitive. And what I mean by that is there's always room to excel and, and exceed standards and just just crush it. And and that's what I realized is like, you really open the doors for yourself if you just do good work. Like I get asked so often by kids who see my stuff, they're like, how can I do what you're doing? And we were talking about this before. And my biggest advice is, is if you just go into it with a positive attitude and absolutely crush it, the doors open. Like I wouldn't have gotten the F-22 demo team job if my boss didn't think I was a well put together lieutenant who was sharp and who, who would be able to succeed. I wouldn't have gotten to the academy if I didn't, you know, really, you know, put my head down through high school and prepare and prepare. I wouldn't have been able to do these videos if I wasn't, you know, spending the time it took and, and really just grinding on it. And so really the doors do open if you just are someone who can just 
just be a well-rounded, you know, positive attitude, go-getter. Just, and, and the other thing I say is take advantage of opportunities. You know, you see it in the Air Force a lot. You know, people are kind of just, you know, show up to work, go home. You know, do you know how many opportunities come through your email? Whether it's through for yeah. TDYs or for things you can volunteer for. And then one person you meet at that event then, you know, recommends you to something else. And it's just door opens, door opens, door opens. And so really for me, when I joined the Air Force and especially when I graduated for the Academy, I told myself I was going to be available, take advantage of almost every opportunity I could and just have fun. Um, and it, it worked out. And I really do think it's just because I had a great work ethic. You know, people associated my name with like high quality work. That's a good thing. You know, if you do good work, the next thing that comes is you get more work and it just kind of helps propel you. So just the good work ethics, kind of the best, best advice I'd, I'd received. And I kind of try to pass that along. It's like anything's possible if you keep the doors open for yourself. And the quickest way to shut them is by being someone who's, you know, kind of has a bad reputation or isn't a hard worker. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just so passionate about like all the opportunities available, like literally in the military and across, but you've got to like put yourself, you know, in the, in place to, to be able to take those. And I'm sure you'd agree. Right. I mean, it's, it, yeah. you've noticed it too. It's like, you can do so much as long as you're just the person who, who, who's, who does good work and you'll get put in for different opportunities or awards or TDYs or trips or job opportunities. I mean, yeah, I that, don't know. That's one thing that, that recruiting has, has given me. I, to just to, I, I've noticed that having a positive outlook, being enthusiastic, that's one of our things in recruiting, mm -hmm. you know, staying enthusiastic, positive affirmations, being positive, those doors open up. They uh, do. And, and having that, that strong work ethic, um, just, we are so lucky to be doing what we're doing. Uh, sometimes you have to take a step back and, and practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got a beautiful wife and three kids and, and we're taken care of, you know, it's nice to every day know that I'm being taken care of. Mm -hmm. So being able to display that, that gratitude, um, I think people kind of get attracted to that Yeah, and, and, it, and it does open up opportunities. Especially so. for recruiters too. Cause you guys are like, for most kids, maybe the first in person interaction they've had with an air force yeah. military person. So you kind of, they'll always remember you and that's a big weight you guys got to carry. And I know they look for that in recruiter, recruiters. They want people who are, you know, good representatives of the air force and you know, you do a great job. And so many of y'all, I just uh, appreciate all the recruiters out there. Yeah. You guys have a tough job and it's cool. You know, I'm, I'm hopefully I can kind of help you guys out and give you some ammo to send to your kids to watch and like, Hey, check this out. Yes. And that's the coolest thing too, is I'll get sent some videos where like recruiters are playing my stuff in their offices. <laughs> so they'll like send yeah. me some kids. I'm like, Oh, I saw this video. I'm like, that makes me happy that I can kind of arm recruiters with some content that helps them out. So I mean, you may have <laughs> never been in the recruiting career field, but you are hands down <laughs> yeah. an excellent recruiter well, thank for, you. Yeah, that's, for us. So we, we greatly appreciate that. <laughs> of course. Uh, so last question before we wrap it up is what's next for Sam? Eckholm. What is next? All right. Well, I used to kind of tell people kind of some of my future projects, but then a lot of people got mad at me because they're like, we like to be surprised. Sam. Yeah. Like I, I kind of like do these YouTube premieres with my video and they don't know what the topic is, but I will say I've got some exciting topics lined up throughout the awesome. summer videos I'm working on. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'll say yes. that fast, explosive, and exciting. Nice. Some stuff too that you probably aren't expecting. And then um, I'm also working on a really cool project in partnership with the Air Force Academy. 
and their association of graduates to to really help people who are interested in applying to the academy to navigate the application process to to, to teach them how to prepare early how to succeed at the academy etc it's a big online course i'm working on with them and that's really been what's keeping me busy for so yeah. long so that will be coming out hopefully in early june and really i just want to just just i mean i'm so i love the air force academy it was such an amazing experience so i want to help people find that if they don't know what it is and if they are interested not get scared away at how how long the application is so that's a project i'm working on and then outside of that have some other things i'll I'll check back in on the tv show for you you know see if that can happen but i don't don't know (laughs) but i'm always taking requests you know what what video would you like to see is there anything particular i don't know uh (laughs) i don't have anything particular i just i I, it's like again i love you come out with it's not just like fighter jets right you know exactly. you have the whole range of what you're doing whether it's at a, a maintenance squadron yep. or um you know or the f-22s or the ospreys and the the gunship that you went on and yeah and it's just the broad range of what you're doing is is, is phenomenal and and <clears throat> again us as recruiters we really appreciate having yeah you know someone in our in our corner <laughs> to be able to be like hey you gotta watch sam you gotta watch oh well i appreciate that and so, yeah like with these videos one thing i'll do is like even if it's on a fighter jet or something, I'll, I'll try to spend a segment talking about the career fields that go into that. Yes, I've noticed that. Because the way it works on social media is you got to give someone a reason to click, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't, like if I, as much as I'd love to, if I just put out a video that's on X career field, like it's not going to be as attractive as some, you know, getting the viewers in by watching something a little bit more exciting and interesting. Yes. So I got to hook the viewers there. But then once they're there, that's when I can weave in the messaging and talk about the maintenance officers or talk about the analysts or talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm glad you kind of recognize that. I did. That's something I try to do. And yeah. um, it's been fun. So, all right. Well, I'm excited to, you've inspired me to keep, to leave here and oh, keep yeah. going hard. I got a couple of videos I need to work on. I'm that's just going to get to it. So. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sam. Uh, we greatly appreciate it here at the 347th and with Air Force Recruiting Service. I mean, just having you out here to come on the Air Power has been uh, wonderful and you're an absolute joy to to sit down and talk to and i'm glad you could share your story yep it's been a blast uh thanks for having me best of luck for everything for here as well and keep uh keep recruiting the, the best and brightest all right ladies and gentlemen that is sam Eckholm, and this is the air power hour take care friends mm-hmm.